1962 was the day that Atlanta stood still when more than 120 people lost their lives in an airplane, in a jet airliner crash in Orly, France. And among those 122 souls who lost their lives were 106 members of the Atlanta Art Association. I'm Tim Darnell, and this edition of ATL Vault, where we try to bring new life and new perspectives to Atlanta's dynamic and vibrant history. And we're uh, joined today by Hala Monologue, who is the head of the uh, and president and CEO of the Woodruff Arts Center. And, you know, to begin with, kind of kind of set the stage, what, what exactly happened on June 3rd, 1962, and uh, a date that uh, um, the author of a book, The Definitive History of the Accident, would later compare that to uh, New York City's 9-11. June 3rd, 1962 was Atlanta's version of what would become 9-11 in New York. Tell us what happened that day. Well, it truly is a tragedy, and and I think I'm sure you always hear it referred to as the early tragedy. And what had happened is that a lot of prominent uh, families in Atlanta, as you know, who were very interested in the arts and were interested in making Atlanta a more culturally relevant town. Uh, part of the um, concept was that uh, to be a big city in the South and to have what we deserve from a cultural standpoint, uh, this group got together and went to Europe for a three-week um, traveling tour of Europe, seeing art, et cetera. They um, were scheduled and did get on the plane on June 3rd, 1962. And during liftoff, uh, the plane exploded and crashed and exploded. So everyone, um, everyone on that plane from Atlanta uh, lost their lives. There were two crew members who survived the, the crash, but everyone from Atlanta did. And there are many children um, today, people that, that, that I know and you know and many people in town know that are around my age who were orphaned that day. And uh, it, it truly was a tragedy. Uh, it turned into something wonderful, which is now today the Woodruff Arts Center. But we, we lost some of the people that you probably would imagine during the 60s and 70s would have been purchasing incredible art um, and uh, celebrating and uh, taking care of our culture. Uh, and those people were gone in a, in a minute. This was Air France flight. Zero zero seven, double oh seven. Um, that crashed on takeoff from Orly Airport. One hundred twenty-two passengers dead, two flight attendants survived. And at that point in time, if my history serves me correctly, this was the at that time the worst single aircraft disaster and the first civilian jet airliner that registered more than one hundred dead. Yes, that is my understanding as well. So you can imagine that, of course, Atlanta stood still because who of who was on that plane and and what their mission was. But I think all of the 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 U.S. and and Europe 
uh, really took notice that day because it, it was the largest um, number of souls lost in, in a um, commercial airline, and it was Air France. So it was really, I think, something that kind of stopped the hearts of a lot of people to just reckon with the fact of that many people being killed all at once. Atlanta Mayor Iman Allen, from what I understand, took an, an overseas trip. Yes, to visit the crash site. Am I correct? Yes, to be there and to um, to witness the crash site and to uh, honor the people who were gone. And uh, just recently, last year on June third, um, we celebrated uh, in a fairly small but but significant way the early crash. Uh, we had a proclamation from uh, the city council and two of the survivors, Baxter Jones, um, who is on the high board today and was orphaned in that plane, was with us that day, and Ricky Bevington and her uncle, Ricky. uh, And of course, Ricky Bevington lost her grandmother that day. And I would say of of the, the surviving families, Ricky has really been one of the ones who I think has put a lot of effort into you know, making sure we don't forget because it, it's important to know our origin story and it's important to remember these people who lost their lives. Now, what was the Atlanta Art Association? Um, does it still survive? Or what? tell us about that organization because we were talking 106 of the passengers. These were folks mostly returning home from the three-month or three-week tour of, of Europe and France. Yes, well, it 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 you know, exactly right, and um, the art association, uh, I guess you could say, did survive. There were others left, you know, in Atlanta, but it has morphed, you know, over the years. Um, and to kind of skip forward a little bit, there was another thing that happened in '62 as well in August, and that was that Mayor Ivan Allen put out a an eighty million dollar referendum to build uh, an arts center. Um, And that referendum failed. Uh, There are probably lots of reasons that it did. uh, But once that that referendum failed, the Arts Association got together and basically said, you know, we need we, we, we still want to do this. We still want to have something, a building there. And then, of course, Robert Woodruff stepped in um, with an anonymous gift of four million to to build the uh, Memorial Arts Center, which was later named the Memorial Arts Building, and then the campus in nineteen um, um, well, oh, well is when Robert Woodruff turned ninety three is when the name was changed to be the Woodruff Arts Center. But it was really an evolution of that very group of people who had started it out uh, with a little help from, uh, of course, Ivan Allen. Uh, but the voters just uh, voted it down. I don't think people really understood the significance of it at the time. Now, the Woodruff Arts Center was founded, from what I understand, in 1968 in in honor of the memory of the individuals who lost their lives. Tell us how the, what we know as the Woodruff Arts Center, this wonderful, magnificent complex of um, buildings there on, on Peachtree between 14th and 17th or 16th, what have you. Tell us how all of that has developed 
over the years, just as a, as a simple tribute to those Atlantans who were killed on June 3rd, 1962. Well, as I often comment, I think those people would be very, very proud. Today, the Woodruff Arts Center has three outstanding um, uh, arts leaders. The High Museum of Art is phenomenal. You know, it's been um, you know, the you have the Renzo Piano, which is the last part, the Richard Meyer, a gorgeous, gorgeous building with a very, very important collection. Uh, we have the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, of course, 28 Grammy winner. Um, we have the Alliance Theater, which is Regional Tony Award winner. And all three of these um, art partners are really at the top of their game. Uh, the other thing that I would say, and I'm not sure necessarily that the people who were in that crash had this in mind, but in on top of having wonderful art and wonderful performances and things that people can enjoy, we've really uh, have put a big emphasis on arts education, um, really for the last 10 to 20 years. And so I think some may be surprised at the level of arts education because if you want to really be a cultural center and and bring everyone together, you you need to um, make sure the children are getting the art they need uh, in the beginning as well. Talk to us a little bit about Robert Woodruff. He, I, I imagine he knew most of the people or some of the folks on that that painful, horrible uh, crash on June third, nineteen sixty two, but. You know, by then, he had already really established himself as one of Atlanta's premier corporate citizens and and and, philanth- and philanthropists, I should say. But but tell us, what did he do in the in the aftermath of this crash? And and talk, tell us a little bit about his leadership and how he stepped up. Well, what happened very, um, very significantly is that when that referendum didn't pass, uh, he stepped up with $4 million, which back then was a lot of money, uh, to build this Memorial Arts um, Center building. And um, as it turns out, just like every other time we seem to live in, that wasn't going to be quite enough money with inflation, et cetera. And with a lot of very difficult, um, intense fundraising, is my understanding that went on in in Atlanta, uh, they ended up with seven point one million, and that was um, that extra three and three point one million came from uh, seven hundred and fifteen gifts. So on a relative comparative basis, of course, um, Mr. Woodruff's gift was absolutely the biggest, and. Uh, I think he he was certainly the most iconic leader there. We know what he did around the um, the civil rights movement and with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, uh, Nobel Prize Award. So he, I think, really said to the rest of this market, uh, the rest of the city, um, you know, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful uh, cultural center and let's just make it happen. And kind of the rest is history, as they say. You know, Mayor William Hartsfield, former Mayor William Hartsfield, was out of office at the time, having, and with Ivan Allen Jr. was the mayor, but former Mayor Hartsfield said the crash was the greatest or the the worst disaster to hit the city of Atlanta since the Civil War. Who 
who were some of the more notable names or prominent individuals who were on that plane? Well, you know, I've already mentioned the Bevingtons, which were were wonderful. Um, the uh, you know Baxter Jones and and his family, the Seidels. Um, I, I may not be able to come up with with um, as many as as maybe you would in your research, but but I do know that when I've talked to people about it, um, there's um, there is just this still sense of loss and. And some people would say that, you know, had we not lost that group of, you know, prominent citizens and citizens who cared about art, we would probably be even further along in our artistic and cultural journey here because, you know, no other market uh, that we know of had people, you know, who would have been, again, purchasing art, making art, being sure art was here for us in the 60s and 70s. That's two decades you know, before their children grew up. Um, and, you know, one other thing I would like to say about um, uh, Mr. Woodruff is that uh, he definitely um, had a sign in his office that said that, you know, the 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 saw about it's, it's amazing what you can get accomplished if you don't care who gets the credit. And so, so much of his work was done anonymously um, that I think that had a little something to do with the referendum fa- failing because they just didn't know, you know, where this money was coming from and was it going to be real and everything. So then when they finally, he finally allowed um, the group to turn uh, the name into the uh, Robert Woodruff um, Art Center, I think was a pretty important day. And and I'm for, I'm for one glad that he he did allow that. If I'm not mistaken, the last time I was at the Wonder Forest Center going to the symphony with my wife, and we, we always stopped to look at the statue outside mm-hmm. the center. And if I'm not mistaken, that quote is at the bottom of the statue, kind of wrapping around. Yeah, I, I think it is. And just another um, interesting little tidbit about that statue. Uh, it's a beautiful spat- statue of, of him, and he is holding a cigar. And we all just get a little chuckle because, you know, in today's world, probably no one would be holding a cigar in, in a statue, but that was, you know, that was the times. And, um, and, you know, then there's on the other side of our campus is that beautiful, wonderful bronze uh, that was delivered to us by the French government the very day um, that the Woodruff, um, well, it was called the Memorial Arts Center then, uh, October 5th, um, 1968 was was opened and the French government government excuse me gave us that that beautiful beautiful uh, Rodin uh, La Lahambra which means the shade and that's just a very special place to go and reflect and as a matter of fact the day that we had the proclamation uh, with Ricky Bevington's um, uncle and Ricky uh, we all just gathered around. We had some beautiful flowers there and just kind of had a glass of wine um, with the statue and just in kind of some moments of silence honoring those people. And it's just a wonderful thing to do, you know, every year at the anniversary, just to make sure you you know where you came from. We're talking about some of the prominent Atlanta executives like Robert Woodruff, but you have uh, such a, a wonderful, distinguished career as yourself. Uh, tell us about Hala Monomog, how she 
you know, has become the the president and CEO of the Winter Arts Center, and yet, you know, began running the the uh, um, great fast food corporation, Arby's Corporation. Tell us about your career. Well, you're very very kind to say that. I uh, I feel very fortunate because I have spent a lot of time in food service, uh, being president of Church's Chicken being president of Arby's. And frankly, that's one of the ways that I've gotten to know some of the other, you know, CEOs in in town, especially the Coca-Cola, because we always sold Coca-Cola products, of course. Uh, We wouldn't have thought about anything else, although we had, um, you know, we had restaurants in 15 countries, you know, around the world, et cetera. Uh, but the the time that I really got to know the CEOs uh, in Atlanta who are just stellar to a person was when I uh, ran the Metro Atlanta Chamber, and that that was a I was very flattered to be asked to do You're that. The first female president of the chamber. Yeah, we used to say, yeah, first female president in 160 years. Yeah, that was always her. And the good news is there's now another woman running uh, running it, Katie Kirkpatrick. But I will say this. And I and I've lived in Dallas and I've lived in Tucson and I know a lot of people in a lot of other markets. There is no other market in the country where the major corporations step up for philanthropy, for nonprofits, the way that this market does. And um, we're just very, very fortunate. We have 15 Fortune 500s. We have 29 Fortune 1000s. And just to a person, they are good people, they do right things, and they certainly, certainly take care of the philanthropic community in Atlanta. I could, couldn't be more proud to be associated and have the honor of running the Woodruff Arts Center um, at this time. We've talked about the history of the Woodruff Arts Center that was founded uh, in 1968, the beginnings of it, in honor of the victims of the June 3rd. 1962 Air France Flight 007 in Orly, France. Talk to us a little bit about the present of the center and and what are some of the projects that you have uh, upcoming and underway? Well, I'd I'd love to talk about the future of the Woodruff Arts Center because uh, we actually do have something phenomenal happening with us right now. We are running a $67 million capital campaign We haven't really announced it, but I think you'd be pleased to hear and not surprised to hear that the Woodruff Foundation, and that would be the Robert W. Woodruff Foundation, uh, they have um, pledged for us 20 million of that 67 million because they are still very devoted to us. Of course, we have to prove our worth to them and that we're doing all the right things. But the most exciting part of the $67 million campaign um, is that we are taking what is now called the Rich Theater. Uh, It's a theater on campus that really not everybody even knows about because it's a little tucked in, although it it fronts to Peachtree. So we are going to be renovating that theater and and breaking out the front on Peachtree Road and making sure that people see that building more. We're also going to be um, working on the outside of the campus uh, with Uh, more landscape, more hardscape, more lighting, and do more activations outside that are free and provide access to all citizens of Atlanta. And the one, the two things that I would emphasize on both of those um, exciting areas that we're going to be working on is that it has a lot to do with youth and families, a lot to do with education, 
and a whole lot to do with access. We want to make sure that everyone in Atlanta feels welcomed, uh, feels at home there, and that we have plenty of uh, free activities for youth and family. So we're very excited about the future. And, and again, the art is is stunning from all three art partners. Kayla Monologue is the president and CEO of the Woodruff Art Center and organization or any facility that was founded in the aftermath of a of one of the, the greatest tragedies in Atlanta history. Final comments. Why why should Atlantans remember what happened on June 3rd, 1962? How does it impact the lives of the people that live in this? amazing metropolitan area? I think you remember them because it's important to know one's origin story. I think you remember them because there are many Atlanta orphans um, who suffered a lot, but are today giving back to the arts and have been incredible citizens. And I think you remember them because you never want anyone's life to be lost in vain. So the more we can do around culture and arts in Atlanta, because we know it's important. We know it's important for children's education. We know it's important for social and emotional and mental well-being. There are so many things that the art does for the soul and the mind and the heart. And I think we need to continue always to honor the people who lost their lives. And we will dedicate this edition of ATL Vault to the 122 people who died on June 3rd, 1962. 106 of the passengers were members of the Atlanta Art Association. And thanks to Hala Monobog, President and CEO of the Woodruff Art Center, for joining us on this edition of ATL Vault. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you next month.